Good afternoon on this beautiful first Sunday in May, May 2nd, 2020. So we have a 522020 day, very powerful day. So maybe get some meditation into and some gratitude and appreciation for another beautiful day as the sun is really shining out there in the high desert, loving this place. So uh, last week I received an unsolicited phone call uh, by two members and I'm grateful for the uh, support and the uh, inspiration for the podcast and they requested to uh, talk about nutrition. So I'm going to talk a little bit about nutrition and nutrition is a whole, a whole big encompassing thing. So we're going to start basic. We're going to start basic. We're even going to go backwards to the prior uh, understanding of macronutrients such as protein, carbs, and fats. We're going to go pro- uh, farther back than that. We're going to talk about energy and what a calorie is and talking about how much we use in a day and how all that gets calculated in your body and something to think about. And I will actually link some calculators for total daily energy expenditure as well for you guys. And then the second half, I'm going to start talking about the uh, fascinating The Last Dance documentary on the Bulls. Uh, It's quite fascinating. I remember that. Remember it very much vividly because I am, you know, an older Jedi Knight. So for you young grasshoppers out there, I watched it live and they were rock stars, man. But we'll talk more about that later. So we're going to talk about total daily energy expenditure, T-D-E-E, all right, and how many calories your body actually needs in the day and how you actually calculate that and how it all comes out. Uh, Let's start basic. What is a calorie? A calorie is measured as a unit of energy. Basically, it's how uh, hot the body has to get to raise water temperature one degree, and we are calculating calories not understanding the basic understanding of it is a unit of energy and basically thermogenics how hot you get your body to basically warm up to burn it up or that it is need as as it is a necessity so all the calories you are taking in the day are your totally basically caloric intake and there are four basic benefits or factors to understand how you calculate your calories or how your totally daily energy expenditure is built up and how the importance of calories are. And if you think of it as a pyramid, the top of the pyramid is nutrient timing, and that's 5% of the importance. The second round down is your micronutrient timing. That is also 5%. That's your vitamins, your minerals. The next rung down, this is a four-layered pyramid, are your macros, your proteins, your fats, your carbohydrates, and also you might want to put in there in your alcohol. When we talk about breaking those down the next week, we'll talk about that percentage of calories. But your macros, that's 30%. And then the final 60% basically is your portion control. All right, so you have the importance of when you eat, are you getting all the vitamins and minerals you need? Those are the smallest ones. The bigger one is breaking down of the percentage of day of the day of the protein, fats, and calories. But the biggest one is how much you're eating. And depending on what your goal is, if you're trying to get stronger and bigger, if you have more calories than you need, if you have a caloric increase, you will gain muscle. If you have the equal amount of calories you need in the day and you burn the same amount, you will have no change. 
And if you basically are calorie deficient, if you are less than, you will lose weight. And the safest thing to do basically is about 250 to negative 500 calories a day or gain to gain or lose one to two pounds a week, which is the safest thing to do. So at the end of the week, if you are plus 250 a day, you add that all up and that would basically add up to one to two pounds a week. If you are less 250 to one to 500 a day, you add that all up. You're about going to lose about one to two pounds a week. All right. So that's how it works out. Again, it's kind of equations, it's kind of math. I'll post some links about all this as well in the description so you guys can get some understanding. I'll post some uh, images as well. I'm also going to post them in the Fonzie's Facebook wellness group that some of you are in. I'll post some stuff there as well so you guys can take attention. Uh, pay attention to that and take a look at that and I'll post a link to the Facebook group for anyone who wants to join as well in the description. All right, so the four ways that we calculate our total daily energy expenditure. The first one is your RMR, your resting metabolic rate. This is basically if you were like sick in bed, which we hope we're not right now at this moment in time, but if you're laying in bed and not moving up and down around other than basic bodily functions, going to the bathroom and all that stuff, that is the basic amount of calories your body needs to function and survive. That's your RMR. And that is 60% of your total daily energy expenditure. The next one is the NEAT, all right? The non-exercise activity thermogenics. So this is how, all, how many extra calories you burn doing your job. So if you're standing on your feet all the time, you're walking around, you're up and down, maybe a little bit of activity here and there, going to the store, running errands, doing chores. That is 20% of your total daily energy expenditure. The next one is the TEA. That is the thermic effect of activity, basically your exercise. And the bottom line is it's only 10%. What does that mean? In layman's terms, you cannot out-eat a bad, excuse me, you cannot out-train a bad diet. I apologize for that. You can't out-train a bad diet because it only has such a little effect. You can work out so, so, so hard. It doesn't matter. It's only 10%. Only 10% of your total daily energy expenditure is how hard you work out or how often you work out. And after a while, you can work out so often you're actually breaking down your muscles more than actually burning calories. You think you're burning calories, you're not. You're actually breaking down your tissue, which actually is going to do a negative effect. And then last is the TEF, the thermic effect of food. That is 10%. And that's basically what you're eating, the actual energy and the food you're eating itself. Uh, some food, of course, has positive negative calories depending on the fiber uh, and, of course, how it's prepared, all that stuff. Raw vegetables, things like that have more fiber. That also kind of takes down or actually, you know, doesn't keep the calorie intake as high depending on how it's prepared. All that together is the total daily energy expenditure that your body basically is producing and needs throughout the day. And this is an important time to think about your total daily energy expenditure because most of us, I would say close to 70, if not higher percent we're on a different path right now. We are not exercising as much. We are not as active as much. You know, we're not up and down and around. We're kind of 
quarantined. We're isolated. So now the beautiful thing, of course, is that the sun is out. So we can go take walks in our area and all that stuff and being smart. Go out, wear your mask, go take walks, walk the dog, do all that stuff, go to the park and be safe. But we're not working our bodies as high and as much intensity as normal. So what was going to be affected is our NEAT, our non-exercise activity thermogenics, that 20%. You know, as a teacher, which I also am, and you guys, if you know me in classes, I rarely sit down. I'm standing up and down. I'm running errands. You know how much water I drink, so I'm running to the bathroom and stuff like that. So I'm up and down a lot. I'm not really sitting. So that NEAT segment is usually pretty high. Right now, it's not. So I have to be aware of that. So sometimes a lot of, when we, I give you these calculations, when I'm how let you plug these in, when I'm gonna post some links in the description, you wanna be aware of what your NEAT is, especially if you're not doing your normal day-to-day jobs, if you're not doing a lot of your normal day-to-day tasks and your chores and running errands. You know, if we're not going out on the weekends and walking around the malls and stuff like that and going to skate parks and things. Well, you know, if we're not doing those normal daily activities that we did all the time, prior to this quarantine, believe it or not, it's eight weeks going on week eight. You know, uh, we want to be aware of that because that's how we can have weight gain. So, and I'm not saying you should hate yourself. You should love yourself no matter what. It is what it is. This is a new time. But how can we get a better understanding of what we need and how we're actually getting all this stuff done? We might feel hungry, but sometimes that hunger is actually boredom. We're actually just kind of bored of doing our things so we do mindless eating we can't do that it's not healthy for our body it's not healthy for when we can get back out on track we're going to basically be carrying around extra to an extent negative energy because those are feelings and thoughts we're actually stuffing our face with so this whole entire nutrition focus that i wanted to talk about today is kind of the basics of we are in a new time and we have to calculate what amount of energy we are putting out today and i'm not even talking about the other energy or spiritual energy is the energy of our body how can we put in good quality foods to keep our body functioning and active without doing it harm in the long run you know uh, we have more time to cook right now again i have that link in my facebook group i'll post uh, here in the description you know i'm doing some recipe ideas some things to focus on uh, quick simple meals quick simple ideas to be aware of uh, I recommend doing that. I, re- you know, if you have the ability to look online, look up recipes you want to cook, get some ideas, try something new. It's a way to kind of not just pass the time, but to get maybe the family involved, friends involved to cook. Uh, you know, you can do a Zoom cooking lesson together. That would be a cool thing to do. So I recommend focusing on how many calories you're actually intaking in the day, and is that too much, or is that not enough? So. Think about that overall. Now, another thing I want to get into about your total daily energy expenditure and over calories, I'm going to talk about, again, something that many of you know what I do is I do intermittent fasting. I only eat between the hours of 12 p.m. and 8 p.m. I basically only drink water, uh, water with some minerals in it, uh, basically magnesium and potassium and black coffee. From base from and sometimes some herbal tea from when I wake up up until noon when I break my fast and usually that is right after my workout so my post-workout shake on a day on a Sunday it was just a more simple shake 
that's how I focus on. That's what I do. I actually enjoy intermittent fasting for two reasons. One, it keeps the window of when you eat down, and you can only eat so many calories in a sitting, or else you'll feel sick. So you kind of make sure you have everything you need when you're approaching your carbs and your fats in the sitting. But you're not spacing that out over a certain amount of time. You're focusing only in that one exact time period. I actually think it works well. I enjoy the health benefits. It increases my growth hormone. It、uh, reduces inflammation in my body. It allows my body to recover because it's only actually working as in digesting at one point in time throughout the day.、Uh, it actually keeps me energized, and I don't feel lethargic after lunch. So that's a huge thing to focus on. Uh, intermittent fasting has some extreme merit.、Uh, I very much in- support it. The reason why I support it is because breakfast breaks your fast, but it doesn't matter when you eat it. The thing is, though, once you break your fast, then you basically have an eight, and sometimes you can start at a ten-hour window of when you should get all your feeding done. You shouldn't have your body constantly working and eating all the time. Uh, there are some studies that reflect that when, that actually can increase weight gain because your body is going to store more instead of burn. You know, the idea, of course, being intermittent fasting is after I'm done eating, I'm dormant from eating for 16 hours. So then, all I'm doing is basically burning off to an extent fat for my body to function until I actually break my fast and my body actually only uses the food, of course, that I have. That I'm feeding it for that energy.、Uh, it's really good for diabetics because it keeps glucose and insulin levels down, because you're not constantly not getting the sugar spike. So a lot of times, people with diabetes have actually gone to intermittent fasting, and they have actually seen a decrease in that issue. They've actually, I don't want to say healed their diabetes, but are able to manage it.、Uh, it's been very successful in、uh, getting rid of any anti-inflammatory. Or auto autoimmune disease because a lot of times autoimmune disease basically what they are is their inflammation and you know I know there's a lot of critics about it and how you should do it and if you should do it at all and the dangers and you know and also it goes into personal pr- choice and preference it works for me I enjoy it I like it I like only eating through a certain amount of time. And I enjoy the actual effects of it. And then when you add to that that I am a plant based、uh, Eater, the only basic, you know, meat quote I eat. I actually do eat egg whites and I do eat eggs. That's it. Other than that, I don't do dairy, no meat. So I'm to an extent a vegan with eggs, and or actually, I guess you would say it's an ovo vegetarian. So,、uh, and I really like that. That's kept my inflammation down, not having the actual extra trans fats in my my body, and I enjoy it. It makes me feel really good. I enjoy how my body overall responds with the less inflammation. So the combination of the internet intermittent fasting and the plant-based slash eggs has really overall increased my vitality.、Uh, it's increased my、uh, overall production as I'm training, and it allows me to really, I say, not feel lethargic after I eat. It allows my body just to use the food I need, and now I'm basically burning what I put into my body. On that level, to allow my body to keep functioning and moving forward. Now, here's some things about intermittent fasting. I think you want to be aware of. I don't think children should do it. I think it should be not even young adults. I would say you should think about it not until you are in your mid twenties, 
And I don't think older individuals should do it also, because I think it also can, even though it increases, unless they've done it for a long time. But, you know, people getting over the age of 50 and starting it, or even the older, over the age of 60 and starting it, depending on their health reasons and vitality, it can be dangerous like anything else. Do your research. I will post a lot of links in this description to kind of get you some information about what I've been talking about. Uh, make sure you can kind of make an uh, educated choice. But I don't think children should do it. Children have that brain function. Their bodies are still growing. They need as many calories as possible because children's met metabolism is already on high. So they actually can burn more and use more. They should have good quality calories. They should have high quality foods and nutritious foods and meals for them. That's a whole other topic we can talk about. But I do believe that children should eat and they should actually use the ability to eat all the time because their body is going to burn it for muscle growth, bone growth, bone health, brain development, all that stuff, hormone development. So until you're fully grown, uh, done growing, I would say by mid 20s, depending on male or female, uh, and that's the other thing, of course, they've already done studies about the male brain takes about up to 29 years old to fully develop. So it can be a dangerous, you know, that cerebral, uh, the prefrontal cortex up there, the decision making in the brain, guys, right? Our biggest thing that we focus on control and impulse control uh, up to 29. So women, it's about 23. So, hey, another reason why women are superior, truthfully. But focus on that. And again, I recommend if you are of age and you are fairly healthy, if you want to try intermittent fasting, try it. 30 days, of course, would be as many as you should to try it. You shouldn't do anything less than 30 days. Uh, if you can, do it with the blood test. Get your blood test prior, then do it afterwards. Most likely, you're going to see increase in red blood cell and white blood cell uh, count. You'll probably see a, a decrease in your cholesterol. Uh, you will see an increase in a growth hormone. Uh, men will see, of course, an increase in testosterone because the body is just functioning better at a higher level. So it's quite unique. I enjoy it. Uh, I will post some little extra information about it, but I recommend thinking about it overall. And again, message me if you have any questions about it and how I feel. Uh, again, the, the two elements I love personally about it is it limits when I can eat. So it's harder to stuff your face when you only have eight hours. And of course, Ironically, I have more time because I'm home to eat more sporadically between those eight hours. So I'm doing my best to stay busy. But of course, my normal day, it's less less time to eat. You know, usually I only have one big meal and that's actually at dinner. I'm eating, having snacks and having protein shakes and post-workout during the day. Then I eat dinner. But I like that. I like that also the nutrient timing. It allows me to fuel prior to workout, post-workout. And allows me to get all the calories I need before I go to bed. And then I'm able to stay satiated through the night, wake up the next morning, ready to go. You don't feel lethargic when you wake up in the morning either. So those are the reasons why I enjoy it and why I highly recommend it. But again, only to a safe, healthy adult who's wanting to maybe see some results, uh, get out of that lethargic or that constant thinking they need to eat every two hours, every two to three hours. Uh, again, that's how I, why I started it and why I like it. Keeps it simple and allows me to focus. So that's the end of my nutrition talk for today. I'm going to take a quick little break and I'm going to talk very briefly about the uh, Jordan slash Bulls documentary, The Last Dance.
Okay, and we're back. So I wanted to wait till after the first four episodes, especially after I saw the first two when they did kind of a background on Jordan and they did a background on Pippen. And I was right. They did the background on Phil and Rodman this past week. Uh, I heard through the grapevine that they're actually going to do a few more background on some other players. But those were kind of like the major players with the uh, Bulls run on the last dance, which is it's awesome. It's awesome to relive that time. It's awesome to relive how how much of a badass Jordan was. Uh, he, in my opinion, is the greatest, uh, and I love LeBron, and I love Kobe, and, you know, I love Magic, but Jordan's Jordan. Uh, I try not to put centers in talk of greatest uh, basketball players, possibly in college, because there's a little more fluidity back in college, a uh, little bit different, but in the NBA, I think centers are their own entity. So I try to use other players, and then you kind of rank the centers separately. But, you know, when you start going back and realizing how dominant both of the three-peats were, but especially how amazing the second three-peat was and how awesome. And then, of course, how much, honestly, how much drama those teams had. It's amazing that they were not just so good, but they were rock stars. You know, they weren't even a villain, you know. If you were a Laker fan, you hated Boston and you hated Detroit. If you were a Boston fan, you hated Detroit and you hated the Lakers. If you were a Chicago fan, I don't think anyone hated the Bulls. I mean, you might have hated that Jordan beat you, but you're also watching greatness. It's like, wow. And, you know, showing some of that, those clips, and especially when they put some of the good uh, 80s and 90s hip-hop music as the backdrop of it. It's really good to see him go. Uh, man, he just, and just getting the backstory, of course, of his drive, but then Pippin's drive and Rodman's antics. And of course, then you got the Zen master there and how he was able to coordinate all of those personalities is just, you know, you got to give the Zen master credit and you can say all you want. Well, he wouldn't have won without Jordan. Yeah. Well, Jordan didn't win without Phil. And, you know, those players though their vibration their energy came together for them to work together to make greatness and we want to talk about great dynasties and you know i kind of made a list of the other dynasties especially the uh, the multiple champion winners uh, i really only think there are two teams that could maybe have in a seven game series also you have to depend on the rules because the rules were different but there's only two teams I really think could beat them. Uh, if the rules were played today, I think the the Warriors with Durant could possibly beat them because they might outshoot them. Because that's one thing Chicago didn't have was the three-point shooting. Uh, yeah, it would be tough because Pippen, I think, would lock down either on Clay or Steph. Because remember, he was the six foot seven. Uh, point forward, he shut down Magic in that first 91 uh, title. Uh, Magic couldn't get the ball at the court. And Jordan was an all-defensive player, all-defensive team player. And then, of course, Robin. And then you add Ron Harper and then Kukoc and anyone else coming in off, you know, the wing. They could really kind of help out and assist. 
So the Golden State Warriors, if the series was played today, I'd still give the edge to the Bulls, but they would make it close because they could just shoot. I do think they would have beaten the uh, Showtime Lakers because I think they were more athletic than the Showtime Lakers. And they said Pippen did shut down Magic. It was an older Magic, but I think he would be able to stop the ball and Jordan could shut down Worthy and they would be able to kind of, Robin would frustrate the heck out of Kareem. The 86 Celtics would be interesting because that was maybe one of the greatest teams that everyone forgets about because they only won one. They got injured the next year. McHale had the broken foot and Walton wasn't the same player in 87 when the Lakers beat them. So, but that was also Larry, you know, if you forget Larry won, what, three MVPs and how great Larry was and how much of a trash talker Larry was. Uh, I still think the, uh, the Bulls would do it. The team I think that actually could beat them whether the rules were now or it played in the 90s or to an extent the late 2000s are the Kobe Shaq Lakers. And the reason is, is because of Shaq. Because he's not just a big man. He was an unstoppable force. And in his prime, you couldn't run with him. You couldn't jump with him. And he was a freak. You know, you add all that stuff together. I don't think Rodman, Rodman couldn't handle him. Rodman could take the other big man, but he couldn't handle 337 foot long. And neither could Longley or Will Purdue. Uh, they just couldn't do it. You know, they wouldn't be able to do it. Bill Whittington. So I think the Shaq Kobe Lakers, ironically coached by Phil, would be the only team I think that could beat these Bulls in a seven-game series. And it would be a good one. But these guys, this is amazing. Just to go back and watch. Now, some of you might know this because you've probably been following up on it. Some of you might not. Ironically, Jordan decided to release this footage. He's, they've been sitting on this footage since 98, right? The day after LeBron won for the Cavs in 2016. Again, Jordan's always got to win. He is letting you people know, okay, I need to remind the world of how great of a player I was because now LeBron is going to get some love because he's won titles on two different teams. So Jordan's still playing that petty card. I mean, his Hall of Fame speech was a roast and it was basically he was calling out everyone who doubted him you know he's got that serious chip on his shoulder he still does and he's the greatest basketball player of all time it's how he functions it's how he lives man it's nuts but you know it's quite a bit quite interesting to kind of relive how great that team was you have all five starters were over six six they're all basic athletes and they could play almost in any era. They could play up-tempo. They could play physical. Uh, again, the only thing they didn't have, which is the key thing now, is three-point shooting in abundance. You know, they had the first, of course, run, had Paxson, then a little bit of Kerr, and, of course, then Kerr uh, in the second run. But they didn't have the abundance of three-point shooting that the other teams have now, and that's all they do. But it's nuts. Now, here's the other thing, if you want to start thinking about, when are some of these guys – the Westbrooks, the Hardens, when might they learn by watching this, realizing I can get my numbers like Jordan, but I won't win unless I pass the ball. What if this, this actual documentary transcends Westbrook and Harden? You know, I don't, again, they finish the season, which I think they will in a hub. I think they will It'll be a modified tournament playoff schedule. They'll finish it. But next year, which they're already trying to start around Christmas, which is badass, smart idea. What would would Harden watch this and realize I am kind of like Jordan right now? I am. 
Westbrook and I are like Jordan. We get our numbers. We sh- the high volume shooters and they're great. We put up 40 and 50 in three games straight, but I don't win. And I'm plus I'm putting out so much effort in the regular season to score, score, score. I'm done in the postseason. So it'd be interesting to see what this documentary does if it changes the game. If it changes how people actually play the game, some of these players that were thinking, well, they're never going to win a title because I'm on record. I don't think Harden's ever going to win a title and neither will Westbrook because they're too selfish. They don't know how to play in the postseason. They're burnt out by the postseason because the postseason, they're still too ball dominant. And what happened when Jordan was ball dominant? You had the Jordan rules. Pistons beat him up. You know, Celtics played him hard and physical, but Pistons beat him up. He had to get the ball out of his hand. They had to figure out other ways to do it. So, granted, you can't hit as hard, you know, that the rules are totally different. But, you know, how how many times is Harden looks like he's done in the postseason because he's, you know, dribbling the hell out of the ball. He's, you know, dribbling the air out of the ball all season, all 82 games. Gets in the postseason, he's got nothing left. So, something to think about. Uh, I think it's great. I can't re- wait to uh, watch. I said this is going on tonight is – uh, episodes five and six. Um, very excited to see. Uh, I can't wait. I think Reggie Miller and the Pacers are going to be starting to come in because that was a great series. And yes, Jordan pushed off Reggie Miller. We all saw it, and Reggie even admits it because that the, those Pacers teams gave them all they could handle. I mean, they, that was basically the finals because I think the uh, Bulls pretty much dominated Utah. But those Pacers series in the Eastern Conference Finals two years in a row, those were fun against Reggie Miller and Mark Jackson and company. So a few other things I noticed, uh, you know, Jerry Krause is taking a lot of heat and they're trying to be as respectful as possible because he's, he's passed. So he can't, of course, you know, defend himself right now, but you know, they're blaming Krause a lot and Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner is still there and he's kind of acting like there's no blood on his hands. Well, he's the one that basically was not going to renegotiate contracts. He's the one that let Pippen still play on that original contract because he wouldn't renegotiate once you sign. And he's kind of acting, well, you know, that's the decision they made and all that stuff. And I'm fine. I'm clean, you know, and that's kind of sad because Jerry also made all those moves to put that team together. He did. And maybe how he broke it down was wrong, but you know, he was just a general manager. He wasn't the owner. The owner decides who to pay. The owner decides honestly who to keep. Owner's the puppet master. Krause has taken a lot of heat. So think about that as we watch this these next six episodes. Because I'm not saying Krause doesn't deserve a little bit of it. Because he probably could have maybe gone to bat for the players a little bit more. And, you know, not been so much, to an extent, a yes man. Because he was brought in. And, of course, then he started trying to bring his own guys. He brought in Tim Floyd, uh, of course, as he's trying to transition out, to Phil, out of Phil Jackson. But, you know, take a perspective on how this is being portrayed and take a look at it. Uh, and you kind of, I think you start really pulling, peeling back the layers, realizing Krause is getting a little bit more heat than, of course, he probably should be taking at this moment in time. But it is interesting. Uh, I am excited to uh, watch it, watch the rest of it. Uh, again, I lived it. We all lived it, in my, you know, guys in my era. And again, you just kind of just watched in awe. You know, YouTube really doesn't give it justice because you know the outcome. When you actually saw it live, it was crazy. It's crazy to see how big of a rock stars those guys were when they came to town and just how awesome Jordan was in person. Never saw him play in person, really didn't go to the NBA games, but I saw, you know, watched him. You watched him, you watched him religiously. 
So that's the end for this week. I'll be back next week. I'm going to focus on nutrition for a bit. We're going to talk about you know, micro and macronutrients next week. Uh, again, I have a bunch of links in the description to the Facebook page. So if you want to hit me up and talk about some things, uh, some nutrition ideas during this time, because you got to stay focused, got to stay point. I uh, hope you guys enjoy the last dance again tonight because it's something new on TV, right? And enjoy yourself. Stay safe. Peace be with you, man.